We missed football so much it was good to see Bert Bielema stare at Scott Frost while he wet himself. Plus, we're less than a week away, and while we might have a QB, it's not Hamp Fay. And week one is here, so crack one open because we're back, baby. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, of course, by some Fireball and Miller Lite, but also by Scott Frost's alter ego, Kevin Grek. Grek, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing well, uh, thank you. Uh, I got left on the tarmac, uh, wasn't even <laughs> able to leave Champagne, uh, but it's fine because Donda dropped, and now it's just going to be a Donda listening party uh, podcast. That's the only thing that matters. So Scott Frost, big Donda chant vibes. Yep. Um, uh, and I have to also introduce the guy who believes loyalty is law, Alex Plum. Plum, how are you doing, buddy? Man, you got to let your yeses be yes and your noes be no. So you're only going to get straight talk express out of this one. (laughs) Uh, Folks, thank you, of course, for listening to the show. If we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. But only rate and review if you're going to leave five stars. Uh, Greg, tell the... (laughs) Nope, only. We We want constructive feedback. Thank you. You Thank can you. also follow us on the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore pod. Or, of course, if you have a question or comment for the show, you can email us at can't read, can't write 1855 at gmail.com. Greg, uh, can you let the people know about the structure of the show? Well, there's just so much to talk about this week, which is why we've done it in a very organized fashion. And that fashion begins with the green wall. And that's where we discuss MSU sports on campus, leading, of course, as it always does, with football. But there's a little basketball news, there's a little 80s search news, and there's a little name, image, and likeness update. So we'll cover that as well. But then we'll go off Grand River, talk about the wider world of sport, have a not a sponsor, a preview of the Northwestern football game to take place at Ryan Field later this week. And then, as always, we'll take your Twitter questions. All right, gentlemen, let's dig in and head behind the green wall and start with the sport that always leads football. So I guess let's start with a couple roster notes. Um, first, Mel Tucker was asked about some some players who were not on the field during the uh, the live scrimmage, the Meet the Spartans Day. Um, there were three, Ricky White, Michael Gravely, and Alex Akello. Um Mel Tucker went out of his way to say that Ricky White and Michael Gravely are not participating in team activities. We didn't know about Michael Gravely. Ricky White had been a bit of a question mark. Um, Yeah, we talked about that on the podcast months ago. I mean, it's been unclear what his position with the team is for a while now. And then we specifically left him off the offensive preview because there's been no indication that he's going to be contributing this season. So... Yeah, even if he were to come back it on to team activities, it seems very unlikely he'd be able to play. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, for those who may not remember, um, I don't know how you wouldn't, but Ricky White was the freshman last year from Georgia who destroyed the University of Michigan with like 200 plus yards and written uh, reception. So, um, you know, it, luckily... Wide receiver seems to be a position of depth and strength. So while it would be nice to have Ricky White back on the team, and I certainly hope that he does whatever he needs to do 
to rejoin team activities, um, assuming that he's in a position that he can earn his way back. Um, he will not probably be contributing. I think the other thing that we got to talk about, guys, is uh, it was reported that a decision has been made as to who, who QB1 is, um, though people report that and then don't say who that person will be. Um, I I know we've previewed the QBs, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but it is interesting to me because I get a sense in the fan base that people have a distinct opinion about who should be the QB, um, which is interesting because they're not a coach and haven't been at practices. Um, but the, the arguments for each one are kind of intriguing. And so I would just, I guess, invite your takes for, do you have an opinion on, on maybe conceptually who should be the quarterback? My opinion is that as long as it's not Adrian Martinez, I'm fine with it. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I honestly feel bad opinion. for Adrian Martinez in some ways. I really do. Um, we'll get, we'll get to Adrian Martinez later. I, you know, I, I guess I, it's worth saying that we saw last year that Jay Johnson likes to use a deep ball from time to time. Uh, by all accounts, Anthony Russo has that skill set a little bit more than Peyton Thorne. Mm-hmm. But people have pointed out that, um, you know, the offensive line, historically not so good. And while maybe better this year is like an injury away from not being very good anymore. <laughs> so some extra mobility at the position might be useful. Which would be a feather in the cap of Mr. Thorne. Yes. Yes. Thank you for yeah concluding that thought. I, you know, I guess I got to believe that the staff's going to do what they think is best for winning on week one here. Yes. I think that's the most important thing. I think with the previous staff, Russo would have never even been on the team. So that wouldn't work. Uh, I think what this staff has proven is that it's going to, regardless of any other factor, play the guy with the best chance to win. And I think you have to assume that that's Russo, uh, given the body of work that we've seen so far. Yeah. Um, I, I, there was some debate that I saw of like, as a percentage, how much better would Russo have to be than Thorne to give him the nod? And I think the answer is like 1%, maybe 0% better. Yeah. Because I, I think it's, it's, there's a, there's this belief that we should be giving, thorn the ball so that he can develop more Mm -hmm. and i think it's a bit foolish to assume that the staff believes that thorn is qb1 of the future Mm, wow someone's really drinking that caton uh no kool-aid i i mean noah kim has developed hemp phase a guy that they brought in sure caton hauser is someone who might might probably not but might compete for the role I just don't see I and and you have to there's also the assumption that that the guys behind Peyton Thorne that are currently committed or enrolled could be QB one of the future because I think the staff wants to win today to recruit for tomorrow. Right. So you know, I don't think Peyton Thorne, I don't think Anthony Russo matter for Michigan State competing for Big Ten championships again. I think they matter for winning today so you get the guy to beat Ohio State later. Indeed. Anyway. 
Um, also, you just think so little of this team that this isn't a Big Ten championship team. I mean, shameful, Michael. I'm the one who said Sh- nine wins. <laughs> yeah. Also shameful. Yeah. I mean, look, I was full into the Kool-Aid at the time. I'd like to revise my statements. But uh, so, guys, I want to, uh, Plum, I want to turn this over to you because um, uh, Dan Wilkin, uh uh, columnist for USA Today yeah. and noted moron said uh, MSU will be one of the 10 worst teams in college football. Uh, I really struggle to believe that that would actually be the case, but I, I wanted to sort of talk about things that maybe we hope to see this season. Uh, maybe if we want to put out a win prediction, we could, but I guess, you know, is there, what's your sense for where this team might end up? And what's it going to be? What's going to go right if it if it does really well? What's going to go wrong if it bottoms out? Um, a good. I mean, I, I look at the schedule. I see at least eight wins there. I I, I know I'm probably optimistic. I you are don't Very care. Good. I think I'm realistic uh, as much as I'm optimistic. I know that um, we have it in us. We've got twenty new guys from the transfer portal. All with adaptive experience uh, at playing in b- big programs, who are going to bring um, new moxie to this program. I'm, I'm, I think if things go well, right? Jalen Naylor, Jane Reed, you got guys that are just taking deep balls from. Um, I think it's going to be Russo. Uh, you know, you, you, you've got um, a, a offensive line that is performing in a way that we haven't seen um, and healthy in, in healthy in several years. Um, you know, we, we rally around a strong um, defensive line. I mean, these are the, it, I know that's just, I've just said obvious things about any football program, but um, they haven't been maybe very obvious uh, among Michigan State program in some time. D- defense, maybe not, not notwithstanding. Um, Dan Wolken is a dumb dumb. I will say that um, the article was in USA Today and it was behind a, a paywall. I didn't read it. Um, and some of the uh, Twitter uh, thread got pretty ag- aggressive against Dan Wolken, who, who actually wrote, I didn't write the article. So I don't know. (laughs) Really? I don't know who wrote it. He, he, he is for swearing and saying it wasn't him. Um, Regardless, uh, he is peddling the trash. So he is a trash monger. And I think even he would have to acknowledge that that is what he is. This is some aggregation type of situation. They just put his, his byline. They made made him tweet it. (laughs) Seriously. But, but I, I I guess what I'm saying is uh, to, to, to put a bow on this. If, if 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 even half of the guys that we pulled out of the transfer portal end up performing in some new way, I mean, my God, what is Crouch going to do? Right? Is a linebacker? Right. I mean, yeah. This is it's that kind of thing that makes me so excited for what for what the team has. You get a couple guys in in position groups who are strong leaders that rally an entire line around them. That's that's transformative, and that's I think for me that's the Mel Tucker brand that I'm I'm just completely geeked to have. Greg, uh, what do you think maybe uh, based upon the previews that we've done, uh, what you've read, what you've heard, is there a place that you expect the largest change year over year uh, from this team now to, to the past from the past year? I mean, it's a simple answer to the question, but the rushing has got to improve right from where it was last year. Sure. Uh, so most notably there, uh, there are question marks about this team, but I think on average, it's going to be a much more competitive team on the field. So this, these types of 
headlines, these types of articles are the product of what happened last year and the national media not bothering to do its due diligence on the team to find out what has taken place in the intervening 12 months. So it's, I don't get too upset about this. Uh, There are question marks on this team, but there also are glimmers of hope, you know, that are going to bring that nine, eight win season. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, 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 Nebraska game looks a lot more winnable than it did. uh, I I said the Nebraska game was entirely winnable. Anyone who said that that was a uh, toss up, I I thought was an idiot. Dumber than, dumber than Dan Walken, even. Yes, uh, and I believe some local columnists might have called it a toss-up. Anyway, uh, any predictions um, for, I don't know, like, give me give me one of the three that you feel most passionate about for each of you. MVP, most improved player, or most important newcomer. Plum, give me your choice for one of those three. A uh, newcomer, I think, is going to be Crouch. Nice. Uh, Greg, what about you? Uh, I think you've got to go... I think you've got to go most important newcomer with Russo if if indeed he does get the nod. Um I think you? he's I think he's MVP. I think Russo's MVP. I think oh, he wow. has I think about it. He's come from Temple. It's it's his last shot to to impress guys to get into the league. Uh this is it. I think he rises to the moment. This is it. Stand up and fight for this. Fight for it. Uh, I think we're all looking past Kenneth Walker then because mm-hmm. uh, that seems like the person who will be MVP and most important newcomer if I had to put money on it. Fair um, enough. Dude also looks like choice. the real deal. Um, Crouch, to, to Plum's point though, I'm excited to see him this year a lot. I'm really excited to see him next year because um, guy's still learning the position uh, that he's playing. So... Um, can we talk about basketball for a second and change gears? Just you want to talk about basketball recruiting? I'd, I'd, I'd rather not. On here? Yes. Yeah, I'd rather not, I think. I, Go ahead. Set the expectations, Michael, and then we can move on. Yeah, so uh, we're going to get to Imani later on because uh, he's no longer relevant to Michigan State. But uh, another uh, person that, that we had offered in the class of 2022 has uh, I committed? I believe committed to Virginia. It doesn't really matter, other than to say that the Tom Izzo and company have not offered a large number of people for the class of 2022. Well, they don't generally. Well, but they haven't moved to Plan B either. Hmm. And so, currently, we have one commit for the class of 2022, which hmm. we've talked about. It's looking like that may be it, <laughs> and there's potentially a lot of scholarship spots yeah. opening up. I, I'm not saying you know sound the fire alarms, but like this isn't great. The issue is how much Izzo do you have left at this point? Yes, that's the timetable that we're operating with. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I guess we're gonna obviously talk more basketball right now. It's not what's top of mind for most of you who are listening. But it's a thing that's happening that the reason we're not talking more basketball is because there's not more basketball to talk. And that's a bit of a problem right now. So, Um, yeah, the fact is that this class used to have two five stars in it and now it doesn't. (laughs) Right. It has Trey Holloman, which there's a lot of reasons to be excited about Trey. Very excited about Trey. Really excited about Trey. But 
<laughs> uh, it'd be nice if maybe there was a, another piece to the puzzle. Um, so uh, speaking of things that aren't, is not exactly good news. Yeah. Uh, the AD search is ongoing. Now we talked about this. We, we previewed it when there was smoke around this situation happening. We talked about it when it officially kicked off. And then we of course talked about it when there were the rumors about, meddling on behalf of the board of trustees now this was a self-inflicted type of situation that msu had i think probably an ad that each one of us had our qualms with but was functional in his role now now msu has no ad (laughs) by choice and this ad search is going into what may be week seven, basically, if you already knew you were making this move yeah. a month and a half ago. Uh, so I I think that as I think Stanley was very fortunate this rumor came out that the board uh, approached Izzo because it really takes the heat off of him in this situation, which might end up looking like a big mistake. Um, I would have thought that there would be an AD named by now or two weeks ago really and now uh msu is is in a position where other ad's are turning the job down publicly which is not a good position to be now granted it's only one uh who turned it down well yeah Uh, we don't know that heather like turned it down we know that she's milking pit for as much money as she can get so she doesn't leave right and also Noted uh, Broke Buffs believed that Mel Tucker had turned down Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And oopsie. Oops. I What's... do love that people are saying the quiet part out loud, though. I mean, this is that quote that from her. I, I'm looking forward to staying at Pitt and just really hopefully coming to an arrangement that will allow that to, to happen. Like, yes. yikes. Yikes. <laughs> Good for her. Yeah, get that money, I guess. Uh, so... I I don't know what to do with this situation. Uh, it looks like there will not be a athletic director at the Northwestern football game, which is a huge missed opportunity. Yeah. Yep. So, or at the Youngstown state game really even as well uh, in all likelihood. So um, I don't know. It It does not seem, it doesn't seem possible that this search is going in the direction that uh, Stanley expected it to when he moved uh, Beekman out of that role. But yep. uh, so far, I think, I think MSU is fortunate that this is the worst that's happened is this play to type rumor about the board and about one public comment from the athletic director from Pitt. Uh, it could be a lot worse than that though. So yeah, in fairness, uh, it seemed like the coaching search uh, for milk, ultimately Mel Tucker um, went had had more sideways moments than mm-hmm. than the AD search has. But if we're two weeks into football season and we don't have an AD and, and we don't start hearing more smoke about candidates being presented to the board. Uh, man, uh, Sam Stanley. I'm going to be pretty disappointed in your capability to run an institution of MSU's caliber. I mean, your capability 
the judgment that you had in making a decision like that. Yeah. Oh, he already looks like a moron. Uh, for he, he should have gone, he should have done what Bill Beekman did to Mark D'Antonio and he should have had the search. Allegedly lining this allegedly up in advance. Um, so I, you know, I'm hoping that the Heather like comment was maybe a bit of smoke because she got passed on and they're moving in the direction and it's actually been kept under wraps. And this is her last opportunity to uh, milk that. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. That would be Uh, nice. We'll see. I mean, if if an AD gets named this week, then I think it's fair to think that maybe that is what happened. But if an AD doesn't get named this week, it's not a good look. Yeah, that's those are two big old fundraising opportunities that Sam Stanley whiffed on. Yeah. Um, So. Obviously, uh, this is top of mind for us, and we will we will continue to chat about it on the pod as is relevant. But better be doing double duty in those games, Sam. Seriously. They're sitting in your in your president's seat in, your in the suite, president's box, eating <laughs> fried chicken tenders. I don't know what do people eat up there. I imagine mozzarella sticks. Yeah, Kevin, what do you think people eat up there? I have no idea. What's served in the presidential sweep. So anyway, in name, image, and likeness news, uh, uh, there has been an update. MSU is going to, is entered into agreement to make it easier to streamline the process for student athletes to use MSU iconography in their name, image, and likeness uh, endeavors. And this is fantastic. This is this, great. And I believe, I, I, I could be wrong about this, but I believe they beat U of M to this. Yeah, there's a number of institutions that haven't worked this out yet. Well, yeah, it's just, I, you know, there is something to, short of you being at one of the like really big time programs, you know, the Bama's, the Ohio States, if you will, um, your your attachment to that um, uh, that trademark is pretty important. So. you know, it's it, it's great that MSU got this done. There was a there was a little bit of fine print, I think. Something like two, you get two or three, I think. Play it's it's a group thing, right? So they've got to have three players, I think, together to take advantage of that branded in the same team, or I think oh. five or six players if it's across multiple teams. There was some number I saw that in the uh, in the press release. Look at that! Actually, reading the press release or having it read to someone you read out loud. it. Yeah, someone read it to me out loud. <laughs> Yeah, this, uh, you, we, might, not right. we might have to uh, bump you up from listener guest to special guest, special uh, listener guest <laughs> with special listener guest. Uh, so either way, this is great for MSU. I, I think it's worth just mentioning, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of stuff coming out of other universities as it relates to their student athletes, you know, receiving name, image and likeness endorsement deals. Mm-hmm. And I mean, look at Nick Saban and what he did down in Texas, amplifying how much money his QB has made. Just a casual drop. (laughs) It's it's been interesting to me that MSU has been subdued about this. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious if it's that, you know, maybe it's a consequence of the literal state that the football program is in right now with so many newcomers. Who is the biggest name in MSU athletics right now? Thomas Rizzo. Yeah, I meant of the student athletes. Gabe Brown. Is that true? Is I'm, that truly what you think it is? Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. Steven Izzo? 
<laughs> Actually, honestly, Stephen Izzo might have the largest name image. Crazy in likeness. money on the name image and likeness. I mean, the truth is, there's no, there's no Miles Bridges on campus. There's no Cassius Winston on campus. There's no Drew Stanton on campus right now. Maybe that is a factor in why we yeah. haven't seen a whole lot of traction in name, image, and likeness right now. The and brand if you don't, itself, if you don't have a QB, yeah, if you don't have a QB one named, and your RB one is a guy that. Uh, MSU fans have seen, but didn't know that they were seeing him at the time. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. It, with with name image like this, what it is now is does that make the case that we need someone with a legal background or even maybe a marketing or communications background taking the this the AD seat? I mean, again, with with there's just so it's seismic what's happened over the summer from over reliance now on the on the transfer portal. Now we've got name image and likeness. We're we're sort of at a good opportunity. I mean, Beekman obviously had to go. Beekman was never qualified to be an athletic director, maybe at Albion College. But but now you've it, it's seismic. I mean, it's what a great opportunity to find somebody that could really lead us into the you know the real twenty first century of what of what sports university or college athletics are. Is that is that a obvious? No. It, it, well, it, I I think it's fair to say that if they hire someone who's not forward thinking. Right. That would be or or at least is willing to have people who are forward thinking in the room. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Um, To that end, uh, you know how Tom Izzo has his at the discretion budget uh, (laughs) now. Ishbia gave man. I think if you're Tom Izzo, hire someone to just deal with this on the team. Yeah. Put that money in that direction. Their whole job is to raise money for the guys and to deal with all of the logistics of it. Well, this, this could have easily been a topic off grand river, but I believe it's Indiana that, that essentially set up crowdfunding for their players. Mm. You can just sort of Venmo pot to the players. I thought that that was uh, not within the rules. That would be essentially pay to play. Right. Uh, It's, it's not performance based. Um, you have to somehow use their name, image, and likeness, but it is not contingent upon them doing or not doing a job. Um, so it, it, you know, Indiana found a way and I trust that they at least ran it through legal. CT and TC asked a great question months ago at this point about if any of us would participate in name, image, and likeness, uh, it was for a recruit for a recruit. What about that? What about the pot for the football team or the pot for the basketball team? Would would either of you find it in yourselves on a on a Thursday evening after a big basketball win when you're three drums into the scotch uh, to just like Venmo over two hundred bucks? <laughs> uh, I can see myself accidentally throwing some money into something like that. But like, how much? Not a huge amount. Like not five, Ispia. like ten. Not, what, like in terms of dollars and cents? Yeah, more than that. More all than right, that can oh, happen right. pretty easily. I'm sitting over there, seven flush, apparently. Twelve. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just saying. Do you give to the Spartan Fund for building at, at facilities? I specifically do not give to athletics. I have a transactional relationship with athletics. I give to the university. I don't give that. Hmm. Mm. Plum, what about you? Do you uh, do you pay to upgrade the soccer facilities in any way, selfishly? Oh my god! 
no. And, and, and who could? I mean, my God. I mean, I, well, I'm going to reserve my hate because I'm sure there are some delightful listeners of the pod who've been somehow hoodwinked into contributing their own hard-earned money to the athletic department of Michigan State. I ju- it just seems like a sad, small thing to do, like trying to relive the glory days in some just sad, sad way. Yeah, we're going to want to cut that. Yeah. Uh, yep. What a great sports podcast that we were producing right now. Yeah, can you just bleep that? Just start it with sad. Oh, my God. The entire segment. (laughs) Uh, Let's head off Grand River before. uh, You know know what? Honestly, I'm interested. Elaborate on this, Plum. I want to know. Like, I I know why exactly. Because the the money doesn't need to come from me. The money doesn't need to come from you. The money Mm -hmm. already comes in these insane licensing mm-hmm. deals, the insane mm-hmm. media deals. I mean, this is what's yeah. driving this alliance. So if you're going to put money into something, put money in places where there is no money, right? Into mm-hmm. the pockets of kids from school districts and cities who haven't had opportunities, who parents can't afford insane tuition yeah. rates, who don't want to have to go. I mean, I'm getting on a soapbox, but that's where it is. Or or invest in other things. Um, fund research projects. Um, fund um, tenureships for professors or, or departments yeah. that you've studied. Right to to increase the stature of the of the academic experience, the athletics doesn't need your money, and that's why I say the booster that I'm thinking of, whether my high school or who I imagine is a, uh, it's just it's a 16 year old white guy who doesn't want to get off the fact that he didn't ever play at Michigan State, but he just goddamn it could have if only. And I I know that's just that probably says more about me than anything else, frankly. That that's who I'm going for in this, but it it just is it's icky to me. It's like let it go, brah. If you've got all that money put it somewhere where it could actually make a difference. It's not, it's not for the athletics. I I come to largely the same conclusion, but I think a difference to that might be this type of directly to the name, image and likeness funds of the players. Um, I I would be more willing to support their correct. That's fine. As long as they're playing, because you know, loyalty is law guys. Uh, That's right. I, I heard that in the in the opening. Yeah. I do. I, I do think it's also worth maybe mentioning that, you know, the what's the how am I looking at this? The the money that the the, the athletic department could be receiving. It, we I, let me back up. I was looking through our our, our files uh, earlier today uh, as they relate to the show, and I saw that there was one entry for potential summer topics that we had listed. Yeah, and it was declining attendance at college football games. And I was thinking about generally, that. not necessarily at MSU, but but generally. generally. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about that in the context of also we're we're heading into a year where we're just pretending there's not a pandemic, myself included. Mm-hmm. Um, and how expensive it has gotten to go to football games. Oh yeah, man. And and in particular, I, I saw that because uh, I was looking at tickets for us to go to the Rutgers game and what they cost at face value to go to the Rutgers game mm-hmm. at <laughs> Rutgers. <laughs> like, yeah. Shout out, shout out, to JD Jerbear. You know, didn't he at the end of last season or two, two seasons, seasons ago? ago put in all of that effort to make sure that that these extra tickets were potentially being put to use for kids in the area that wouldn't necessarily under normal circumstances get to go to an MSU football game. Like yes. it is ex- 
expensive yeah. to go to a collegiate or professional sports event. But and if I, MSU isn't selling out every ticket, I guess mm-hmm. is where I'm going. Reduce the price. Make them accessible to people. Sure. That that's that like because if it's sort of the um the Walmart theory of selling. You don't need to you know, you can you can just lower the price and sell more of something to make more money than your competitor. You don't need to sell a lot of something at a high price. You can sell uh, a boatload of something at a low price. There's economic models where... I know. I'm I'm oversimplifying. But my point still remains that if they wanted to make athletics more accessible, they might be able to at least flatline to to raise their revenue rate. Yeah, that was a big argument that was had. I'm reminded of back in the day when U of M, when Dave Brandon was hired as athletic director and he, he evaporated the waiting list for U of M football tickets and just rose the price to the, to the market rate. And there were a lot of people that were really upset about that because it removed, I mean, except for in those cases where it didn't, uh, it removed the ability for a lot of normal folks uh, with kids and expenses and those types of things to go to a University of Michigan football athletic event. Um, and is and amateur then, sports meaningfully less expensive than a professional sport? Like meaningfully no, less no. expensive. So meaningfully more expensive. So then what state. are we even doing then? <laughs> it's the, it's the free market, Michael. It's capitalism, Michael. Well, isn't it? So, I mean, isn't that insane that you're, you have, Unpaid labor, kind of. I, I recognize they receive some compensation, but you get my point. Yeah. In comparison, unpaid labor, mm-hmm. and yet it is more expensive or as expensive um, for for what's considered technically a lesser product. I mean, there are other factors that go into it, of course. There's way more professional sports events that happen every sure. year in a sure. given season. Um, it's, yeah. you know, the MSU brand is a massive part of, of athletics in the collegiate level. Like we do this podcast regardless of whether or not Anthony Russo is on the, on the roster or not, you know, we're going to do it regard like two win season, 12 win season. We're still doing this podcast. It doesn't matter. So I don't know. Big bucks. Um, this podcast, big bucks. It's the same. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about this week, and this is a topic we've talked about before. And I'm willing to move going on. going way down the, the rabbit hole on this, but it's yeah. fun. Uh, so speaking of money, let's head off Grand River and talk about straight up antitrust collusion in a way that is yeah. both pathetic and sad and I, illegal. I have really enjoyed the takes of like, Mm. there's not even you know pen and paper involved in this yeah well, th- let's set the table it's collusion let's that's set why. the table let's set the table it comes out earlier this week i believe on tuesday that the alliance which has now been rebranded by some as the backpack alliance uh will because of uh you guys get it right Big Ten, B, ACC, yeah. Yes. All right, just in case listeners didn't get it. Uh, but that the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 will be teaming up in an alliance wherein they've agreed to nothing. Quote, uh, the alliance is built on trust and does not have a legally binding contract. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
I, I love, I wish we could just sort of reenact for those who maybe missed the press conference because there was a lot of the, so uh, Commissioner Warren, you guys have talked about a commitment to uh, the student athlete experience. In what ways will you improve the student athlete experience? Well, by jointly, maybe, Improving the student-athlete experience, we will improve the student... It was, it was nonsense that came out of their mouths, wherein they said maybe they'll play games against each other, but they're not going to undo any of their existing contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, they said there's a commitment to Olympic sports, maybe. And, um, and yeah, that's it. So, uh, <laughs> like... Well, here's, here is what's true. Uh, the values of these three conferences do pretty closely align. These are the three conferences that seem to have the most in common with one another in terms of uh, attention given to research, attention given to academics, attention given to other sports. So unless you're Clemson. uh, Yeah. Uh, So I do. I mean, I'm not naive, but I do kind of buy that there is some kind that the values of these three conferences do align. Um, but yeah, I mean, certainly this is not this does not have the same weight that adding Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC has. There's no way around that. There's no way around that. It, the outcome of it does appear to be that there will be much more uh, scheduling that happens between these three conferences. And, maybe. Maybe. Uh, yes, maybe. We'll see in what direction this goes. Uh, certain athletic directors from certain uh, schools have commented on this, and the aggregation of those comments is something that looks like from a football perspective, the ideal state would be each team plays eight conference games and then plays a, you know, a conference game or non-conference game across these. So ideally there would be a, an ACC game and a pack game every year for big 10 teams. MSU is already kind of moving in that direction in a number of ways. I mean, Miami is this year. Um, Washington is the next two years. Boston College, um, Notre Dame, technically kind of an ACC team. So the difference would be adding in additional, you know, pretty high profile matches uh, in addition. So uh, also expect to see a Big Ten Pac-12 championship in basketball, which would be awesome. Yeah, Bill Walton. Coming yep. in. That's exactly my thought. That was the first thing that I that occurred to me. Honestly, it was one of my top three, and I was like, <sighs> "Yep, that's the no, beauty of it." No. The, the that man is he's the one man alliance. Uh, Bill Walton lives rent free in my head. Uh, Plum. It is a bit concerning, though, that um, this alliance gets announced, and then shortly thereafter the athletic director for West Virginia, who has a vote on whether the college football playoff is expanded, says he'll be voting. No, um, for those who aren't aware, that's probably because, uh, ESPN currently controls the college football playoff and has a stake in the sec. This would indicate pretty hard. There's in 
anti-competitive collusion aspect to this alliance, yes? I'm not the recovering lawyer in this group, so I can't say that for sure. I will say that uh, even though they are, again, we've already extolled, nothing is written down. uh, And of course, they are not a voting block, they point out. Although I believe it was uh, the Pac-12 commissioner who said, although they're not a voting block, he'd be very surprised if their decisions on things as important as, say, college football expansion, playoff expansion, weren't already aligned. <laughs> so that's nice. Again, just saying the quiet parts out loud. No, th- this is uh, this is very clearly um, a- antitrust <laughs> for sure. This is uh, this is not going to withstand any kind of scrutiny. But then I don't think anything matters anymore. Um, this is <laughs> this is the college athletics is yeah. antitrust that's, on its own. That's the NCAA. I mean, so what's the difference? So yeah. just move along. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it is. Uh, Greg, you pointed out what was the the reference to the wire uh, before we started recording? Oh yeah, because about why none the, of it's written down? Yeah, well, right, but they they had a con- criminal conspiracy, and yeah. sure they didn't write it down, but they held a press conference about it, and it's yeah. like, yeah. guys, come on, yeah, yeah. There's this a, a scene in the wire where Sugar Bell calls out a character for for taking notes during a criminal conspiracy. It's I, uh, I mean, it, this is going to go to court at some point. Like Disney oh, is going to be take, sure. Uh, when Disney wants to expand the college football playoff and remain and retain ownership of the college football playoff, this is going to go to court. So, I do want to say though, I I have loved seeing a bunch of talking heads absolutely implode over this. Paul Feinbaum among them, you know, mm-hmm. noted um, SEC apologist Paul Feinbaum, who's who's uh pearl clutching was because the big 12 has been left out of this backpack alliance and i'm like really you you care i mean i i cannot and then you're gonna get to this when we get to imani but i cannot stand in authenticity i cannot take it just say what you want paul feinbaum just go into the corner and pull your pants down and just enjoy what the sec is getting in texas and oklahoma but you don't need to just drag the rest of us into the room with you. We, we, we know we don't care or we do care and we're doing things about it. But this, this, um, Oh, the, the, the faux rage about this. And of course, you know, the whole West Virginia thing is just another element of it. So can, can we just say though, very quickly though, that there are two, two things that are worth mentioning as it relates to the college football playoff. And I would say, the competition on who might get college football playoff TV rights in the future. Mm-hmm. So first is on, as it relates to the, um, the, the, who might get them in the future, it would be Fox is, is prime, the primary competitor in all right. likelihood. Right. Yeah. So I happened to notice for the first time that, uh, that Fox was leaning into advertisements for other Fox stations I noticed that as well. And, you know, everyone's all up in arms about ESPN and Disney having more power. But let's not pretend like the folks over at Fox are good people or not also a giant con- corporate conglomerate. Yeah. Like you're just asking which corporate conglomerate should get all the monies. Yeah. So uh, spare me your indignation as it relates to, um, you know, my conference being benefited by my corporate overlord because. Frankly, our corporate law overlord is the worst. Yeah. 
I, I didn't know about these Tucker Carlson conversations that were being. Had. I didn't know he was on daytime daytime TV either. But uh, like, I, it, but it, now I do. But so what was Thanks, interesting? Fox. What was interesting to me is that Fox Network seemed very determined to try and, as best as they possibly could, segregate themselves, build a, a wall, if you will, mm-hmm. between them and the Fox Business and the Fox uh, the Fox News. Apparently, that's not a thing anymore. Um, the the other piece of this that I have concerns about as we delay college football playoff expansion is that we're already in a situation as it relates to recruiting where the rich are getting richer. That Ohio State, Alabama, um, Penn Oklahoma. State right now. Yeah, P- Penn State is insurgent for sure. I, I don't mean to diminish that, but, but that you're – as you, we, I think we've joked about before what Alabama's recruiting pitch is to recruits, which is barely a recruiting pitch. It's just we win and we send dudes to the pros. Do you want to come to Alabama? Yeah. And and as Alabama wins more, that pitch becomes easier and easier, which allows them to continue to double down on the pitch. And so I, you know, I get this corporate war that somehow we're all willingly like peons in for some bizarre reason. But I don't understand this idea that we're going to allow a, a compounding monopoly to to further entrench itself and strengthen itself. I mean, this alliance of the three conferences is the only thing slowing that down. Otherwise, it would just be continued consolidation among, I mean, chiefly the two biggest conferences, the Big Ten and the SEC. Yep. Really, the Big Ten is deciding here that it is hedging on the side of more status quo attempt at, at college athletics. Um, because the other move would be, I, I know contractually things are kind of difficult with the ACC. It would be to fleece teams from yeah. the, the big 12 and potentially, you know, the PAC 12. So uh, the only thing slowing this down is this alliance. I mean, we could spend a, a whole nother hour and we will not on like, yeah. is it worth keeping Ohio State happy? Right. Because you could you could do some things to make the Big Ten more competitive, potentially, to which then might upset Ohio State. And so, you know, is the Big Ten worthy? Should it even invest in this alliance? It, it makes sense that it's going to go to court, but they should absolutely do anything they can to throw a wrench in all of this. So I used to think that teams that owned a conference would think that their best interest would be to stay in that conference. But then Texas showed me that that's not necessarily true. So and, and Texas owned it and they weren't even good in it. Yep. So, and then they also took the best team in the conference. Um, let's if it's all right with you guys, let's move on. Uh, yeah. And let's uh, spend an hour on this next topic, huh? <laughs> all right. So this hopefully is the last time. We will ever mention Amani Bates on this podcast, but Amani Bates, who who uh, famously went on ESPN and said that uh, he he uh, it, only one person has shown him love the entire time, and so he's got to show love back. Committed to MSU, decommitted to MSU, and then went to Memphis and and kept MSU on the hook, even though he was actively enrolled at Memphis is no longer coming to MSU. Um, Memphis, with him from day one. From day, day one. Day one. Yeah. Yes. 
the the hits keep on coming out of this kid. Uh, it his camp. It's not, you know what? It's not the kid. It's right. his camp. It's Elgin. So I think anything we want to say about Amani Bates, it would be unfair to say about a, a, a kid. So let's just use the word his dad's name in, 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 instead. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm not there. I, I'm. I'm really not there. He he controls his Twitter feed. Uh, is I mean he's tweeting Does at people. He? Uh, well, okay, you know what? And if he doesn't, then he is at least complicit. And I'm not going to allow this. The kid is old enough. He's enrolled in university now. I'm, he's an adult. So, I uh, you know what? He, he, if he commits a crime, not going to juvie. So it, you know I don't care about prefrontal cortex and its development. It's he's in the same class and tier as anyone else that's there. He has been given tremendous opportunity, and to date. He has behaved in a way that that absolutely belies his character and his unfitness attitudinally for the to, to, to really capitalize or make something on the opportunity that's been given. People will tell you who they are if you will listen. And I think to anyone who really cared, but they shouldn't because he's probably going to be fantastic at what he does and he'll generate lots of revenue for any number of professional teams in the future if all of this goes the way he wants. But I have to imagine that he will struggle significantly in the interpersonal relationships department. Um, I think he is going to struggle on this Memphis team, playing with with guys that have gotten every bit as much attention in, in their own ways um, and who are going to want that same attention that Imani Bates has been able to hoard. And I emphasize whore there. So um, <laughs> playing for his dad's program, um, he's he's... It's, it's youthful, it's immature, those things are all fine, they can be true, and they're not, he's not exclusive, he doesn't have the corner on this market. Any number of, of players you can look at like that too. Um, but I have a real I- issue with, with the inauthenticity to all of this. And the whole hyping and the camp game, fine, it could be his father, it could be 100% his father, he's still complicit in it. Because you can't not know that that's been happening. So, good luck in Memphis, young man. Um, we, we, we hope you stay healthy. I hope you stay healthy at least and your dreams come true. Uh, but fuck you. <laughs> All right. Maybe someday we'll talk about this FedEx situation when we have more information about it, but well, we don't. you can't, you can't, you can, we at least need to say, uh, because we're about ready to move into a, not a sponsor that, uh, that it did come out that Penny Hardaway, coach of Memphis, did promise a name, image, and likeness deal to Omani Bates as part of his recruitment. So Omani Bates commits to Memphis and is immediately under investigation is kind of the headline. So with that, you got anything else to say, Greg? Otherwise, we're going to head into not a sponsor. Let's go. Let's move on. Uh, Plum, you brought us this week's not a sponsor. Guys, uh, we're, we're just going to take them when we can get them because the pot is getting a lot of traction, uh, and that ever more so now, uh, with the most recent news, this week's episode of can't read, can't write was not brought to you by FedEx. <laughs> All right. Uh, it is time for our first game preview. Greg, does this make it a season three? Is it season it three? Does. It we does. Season? We're here. Season three of the pod? Season three. Season three. Ooh. If you told me that beforehand, I might have had better energy. Um, aww. Aww. Uh, so this is our first preview. It is, of course, for the Northwestern Wildcats. Uh, Friday night at 9 p.m. Um, and 
What do we know, Kevin? Well, not much. We know that they graduated everyone. Uh, like a ungodly sum of their uh, of their production from last year, like some 90 percent, something like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, has graduated or transferred out of Northwestern University. So uh, their quarterback is a dude that got benched. Hunter Johnson. Hunter Johnson because he was bad. Uh, Big bad. And they're. Starting running back and on paper, their best lineman, their best tackle, uh, have both gone out with season ending injury as well. So there is almost nothing in the same way that we know very little about large swaths about this MSU football team. We know even less somehow about Northwestern. I would say Um, we know more about Michigan State than we do about Northwestern. Yeah, I mean, significantly more about Michigan State. We have transfers who played places. They have dudes who didn't play or got benched at Northwestern. Yeah. So it, it's, uh, I, I don't know how to preview this game. How, how do you want to go about previewing this game? Uh, so it's worth mentioning that they, they bring in a new defensive coordinator. Um, so I would expect given that Pat Fitzgerald is, um, is a defensive guy that you don't see a ton of deviation from their historical four, three defense, Okay. They don't run something that's drastically different than what MSU used to run under the Mark D'Antonio era. Um, they just really relied on guys who kind of grew within the program. They graduated all of those dudes out and there's, there's no one on their hype list. I mean, I read a lot of articles, skimmed a lot of articles is a better way of saying it about <laughs> Northwestern in advance of our notoriously great previews. There was no one that was mentioned as a standout on defense. Um, so, okay. Uh, like, uh, and then, yeah, the, the bright spots, again, injured for the whole season. And we do wish them a speedy and, and uh, you know, great recovery. Mm-hmm. But they won't be there. And Hunter Johnson, I believe we had an experience with him in 2019. And he was bad then. Um, and we're playing at Ryan field, which is like Spartan stadium Two, Spartan stadium West. Sure. Something like that. Uh, yeah, there it is. We did it. We covered it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The the reality is we've seen no football out of them. So these are the facts that we know about them. I don't think there's any reason Northwestern should be optimistic other than they've won the big 10, two out of the last three i'm sorry the big 10 west they two out of the three left yeah the division well we're coming in we've got what are we think we're, we're, we've won the last two um matchups with them right in, indeed we beat them last year when they were a top better. 10 team top 10 um they've got a returning safety kicker? a returning kicker the safety is back and this that kid that got all those awards like, not patty fisher no brandon joseph i had it written down oh uh, He's uh, he's back in the secondary. He got like all America first team honors. He it was he got three first the three interceptions in the first three games. First time someone in the Big Ten had done that in like I don't know a long amount of time, maybe ever. Plum, Plum, we we have a, a Google Doc if you want to add these things in there. Oh no, I have to I have to I have to save these tidbits for myself so people can think that I know what I'm talking about, even though I generally don't. Uh, so. No, that's it. But I mean, and then there's a sophomore. There's a sophomore who's back, who's uh, good at. Uh, uh, he was at their leading rusher yeah. last year. 
No, he's out for the for the year. He's out for the year. All right. Yeah. yeah. So there you so go. That's they, how you know I really don't know what I'm. Cam Porter. <laughs> so what are you gonna do? Yeah, he's 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 injured for the rest Aww, of the year. Poor buddy. Poor buddy. <laughs> But he was good last year, yeah. but yes, injured for the rest yeah, of the year. Yeah, uh, if he was around, that would be a great note. It would have been a good note. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and we're looking into creative ways to use these tidbits by Alex Plum in the season, and I cannot wait for it. Oh, so... yeah, yeah, listeners of the pod, just get ready. We're going to have some, <laughs> some pretty unhinged uh, hot takes from yours truly. Probably on Twitter, too, which I will come to regret very quickly. I need to change the password. All right, let's head to Twitter questions, if that's all right, gentlemen. And uh, uh, yeah, I cannot wait to join you all in a group chat during the game next week. Oh, God, that that Nebraska-Illinois game just got just, me. Yeah, got the, me all the primed. Taste, <laughs> the taste in the mouth of that game. Anyway, first from Joe Ashworth, Jonesy. Sheck Brown was arguably the MVP of the Northwestern game last year with two picks. Will he win the turnover battle on Friday? You mean, did you say we or he? Uh, well, we. Yes. We is the question from Joe Ashworth. Uh, but he, um, let's say he. Well, he won't because he's with the yes. Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. But uh, we, uh, I, this is going to, this is a preview for another question we have later on in the pod. Yes. I, I suspect that uh, Hunter Johnson is is not good at the throwing of the football. Despite his five-star ranking coming into college, I, I suspect we win the turnover battle. Um, and I'm going to say it, Tank Brown, I'm calling it now, is going to get two sacks. Tank. Uh, Tank. Next up, from Joe Ashworth, Plum, if the Alliance all agreed to go to eight game conference schedules to accelerate cooperative scheduling. That's another word for cartel. Uh, what PAC 12 and ACC schools would, do you most want to travel to for an away game? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, PAC 12, probably Stanford, maybe Washington. Maybe well, Washington. You're gonna you're gonna get that next year. I know yeah, that's, that's true. Anyway. All right, so then I shouldn't waste it. So then Stanford. Um, yeah, I think that you want to see that tree. Yeah, I, I love tree I love dance? I love that cardinal. That it's not a bird, it's just a cardinal. Um, Please, a lot of fun, guys. Just saying. Just saying. We uh, played that uh, MSU played against uh, Cal. When was that? Like 2007 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was D'Antonio's first year, I think. Was it? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Uh, ACC though, maybe. Um, that Miami game is going to get made really, up. Yeah, Miami, and it, it, I guess when it gets made up, that'll be it. Yeah. Be oh a, wait, I don't really want to go to maybe, maybe Chapel Hill. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, Durham's okay. Yeah, I. It's just not a good football school, right? No, but we might win. I mean, we would win. Um, I guess the, the one other one that I would say real quick is Virginia Tech, which historically has a killer uh, college football atmosphere. So that would be one that I would want to see. Okay. About it. Um, next up from Joe Ashworth. J.R. Smith is playing collegiate golf now, and I'm assuming none of y'all, 
used up any, NC, any NCAA eligibility. What sport would you want to go back to MSU and play? Do you think you could actually make the roster given enough free time to work out and practice? I would say J.R. Smith's Twitter free feed is, as the kids say these days, cringe. <laughs> That's your own. You're just adding that in there a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it is. I, he tweeted out, I believe, today, is it okay to want to change majors? It's like, <laughs> dude. I think this is a hilarious story. It's I a hilarious bit that he's doing. Smith for, for going back to college. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. They put me on the beer league, uh, you know, softball team. I, I have no idea. Um, well, you're waif-like enough that you might could be, you could be a coxswain. Waif-like. There we go. You just, just have to, calling. you just have to lean over quite a bit. Are you tall enough that you could just stand up in the pool for water polo? Oh, wait, we don't have a pool anymore. Ew. Uh, Plum, what about you? Were, were you going to use that eligibility? Uh, curling. Michigan State's curling program, for sure. Huge. Yep. Mm-hmm. Bigly. Uh, next up from Nate C. No questions. Just, ha, Nebraska. Bro, that program good tweet is in full meltdown mode good tweet just absolute meltdown mode uh um, you know ironic tough, it they're gonna you know, lose what it, they're gonna lose the money anyway right what is it what was his contract buyout scott frost is two million dollars or something it's no it's massive oh, is it? his contract oh buyout. is it oh i'm sorry yeah but the thing is he now has ncaa allegations yes. hanging over him no but that's the but Historically, those don't work out as an excuse to actually fire somebody. It has to be proved. You get entangled in, you know, you, 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 well, yes, and you get entangled in massive litigation over that money. Um, so I guess they're just betting on the payout is still more than what they're going to lose in merchandising because of their absolute garbage status. Well, and I think they have a huge sellout streak that is in jeopardy right now as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're bad, Nate. Uh, they are really bad. And the, uh, it, it is concerning also because I, I think the most telling piece of, of that game was when Scott Frost, uh, watched his quarterback, uh, fumble, fumble sack, if you will, fumble shovel pass to the opposing team which was returned for a touchdown and then sent him back out there later on with 30 seconds left in the game to just get demolished again. Did you see that, Kevin? I did. Yeah. I I, I mean, that's a coaching thing, right? Like, I mean, there were so many coaching things (laughs) in that game from Nebraska's side. Uh, How about the team just giving up (laughs) after like seven minutes of football? That was that a coaching thing. That is a, we know our coach is not long for this world. <laughs> not long. Uh, next up from CTNTC, who's, he's going uh, segment shopping, asking the Big Ten schools uh, Simpsons characters. We'll have to come back to that. Um, what about, next up from CTNTC, uh, how many hours of sleep do you usually get each night, Josie? Uh, <laughs> six. Yeah. I mean, I specifically asked that question of you for the young dads out there. Uh, so you guys can mm. compare notes. Mm. I like to get a nice clean nine 
You know, no, I get you a don't. little. No, you don't. I get a little testy if I don't get my nine, eight and a half. Something that's like that. not that's not real. That's not real. something around there. You know, I like to get to bed a little early. I like to sleep in a bit. Uh, I like to sleep straight through the night. Um, that's essential to me. Sometimes there's a bad evening. Sometimes it gets down to seven and a half, eight for the most part. Ten, ten hours a night. <laughs> 11, 11 at times 11 and a half next up from ct and tc uh jonesy or plum yeah do either of you have non-com basketball games that you're looking forward to do remember that uh in the battle for atlantis msu is included with arizona state auburn baylor uconn syracuse and vcu so um add that on top of butler western kansas as the championship classic and uh louisville is the Big Ten ACC Challenge opponent. Which of those jumps out? I mean, the Butler one is probably the one that's... You're going to get the most charm out of sports writers for, but, I mean, it's Kansas. I think it's Kansas or Louisville. I'll be excited for Louisville. I love the Big Ten ACC Challenge every year. Wait, who are we playing in the Gavit games? (laughs) Gavit is Butler. Oh, oh yes, that's right. That's right. Duh. Yes. Goodbye, Gavin. Uh, James. Goodbye. I like the uh, the opportunity to get at Baylor. You know, reigning national champs. That's good too. Sure. That's good yeah. on paper. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Of course. Sure. Um, Glad that we'll have so many um, scholarship players to to play in those games. That'll be good for us to use all of our <laughs> scholarships to win. Yeah, do you think Tom Izzo is just trying to whittle this down to a club team? Like, I, like, I think. Do we need any more than five guys? Really, though? I mean, if you just think about it, it's all we can play at a time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next up, uh, Spartan eighteen seventy seven zero zero. That was definitely supposed to be like an exclamation point, and somehow they got a zero out of it. <laughs> Spartan eight one eight seven seven zero. Uh, how much of a shit show will this fan base be if we lose on Friday night? Not you know worse gonna, than Nebraska. That's what's important. I'm going to turn this to Plum. Plum, uh, what kind of disaster mode can we expect coming in on Sunday if we lose on Friday night? Losing to losing to Northwestern is a is a, it, it can be and usually is a respectable loss, right? If we lost to Northwestern last year, no one would have. It would have been a respectable loss. I, no one was going to come unglued at that. But I will say, um, this Northwestern program is not one that is. I would take great comfort in losing to. Would be my first um, clarifying remark to this, or first contextual piece. And the second is, you know, the hype machine that Mel Tucker has built around this football program, the way that Twitter and social media and if, pictures and the straw hat and, and uh, iconic, you know, cigar smoking coach. This is, this has become its own thing. And if you're going to make something a thing on, you know, two and five schedule last year, uh, you, you got to come correct on Friday night. I mean, you have to. So this fan base is absolutely going to lose their marbles, myself included. Uh, if we don't win, uh, if we don't win in uh, in Evanston, it's worth mentioning that the Big Ten did announce their COVID policy, and under last year, if the last year had the same rules, we would have been four and five. Alex, that's fair. No, that's very two and fair. Five. 
which I, would have put us squarely above the University of Michigan in Oh, let's be clear. It, morally, we were always above the University of Michigan, so no one really cares. But I think to this point, listen, the hype machine is great. I love it. I'm all for it. But you've got to have the receipts. You have to. And so yeah, this is this is where we're at. And this Northwestern team is not one that I think we can lose to and be okay about it. Yeah. Um Greg, if we do lo- if we do lose, I would like to see us lose with scoring a lot of points. With dignity. No, just a lot of points. I I want a John L loss. Like you scored a lot and you got outgunned. Can I just say I don't want Northwestern's first points to be a safety. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It wasn't just a safety. Uh, for those that don't know, the first points that were scored in the Nebraska-Illinois game was a safety. And it, it wasn't just that. It was a choose-your-own-adventure safety. Where it was like downed at the goal line, plus also forward passed out of the goal while being tackled. It was like multiple safeties all at once. Yes. It was yes. glorious. Yes. And again, in true Big Ten form, on a punt. <laughs> on a punt. Of course. Uh, next, Truly the Big Ten play. All yeah. right. Jones, up next, B-List asks, why exactly would Izzo be bad as AD? Well, so B-List, I, I'm inclined to enter, answer this in a, in a few ways. One is, if the question is, as a temporary AD, it's because he has a current full-time job. It, I mean... Being the head coach of a men's basketball team at Michigan State University does not allow you to commit time to other things. He barely had time to commit to his family, which is why Steven Izzo is on the roster. You laugh, Greg, but he's kind of said as much. Second, why would he be a bad AD? On the one hand, this is answer two, I don't know that he would be, if that was his full-time job, a terrible AD in the sense that, you know, he's been at MSU for a long time. He knows who's important. He knows the value of Michigan State Athletics, and he knows that it's not just the the revenue sports that make Michigan State Athletics important. Like, Tom Izzo, as a leader conceptually and a fundraiser for the athletic department, would probably be a win, but why he would be a bad AD I think you need to look no further than what happened when Tom Izzo was the de facto de AD facto president yeah, and president when, when everything was being brought to light about Larry Nasser and the man had marbles in his mouth. And that is not the person you want speaking for an institution on things of serious import. As much as he has very sincere and heartfelt feelings, he is not the person to articulate those things. And so Tom Izzo would be a terrible athletic director and or or has the capacity to be a terrible athletic director, which is why you should not hire him. Even if he would be a good in all likelihood, percentage wise, a good one, his 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 possibility of how low he can stoop on the the good meter uh, is why he should not be hired. The floor is low is what you're saying. Yes, the floor is uh below the basement it's the subfloor it's the subfloor the subfloor below below the basement the most important thing is that it means he's not basketball coaching that's why he would be a bad idea yeah but then there are other reasons to suspect he would not be the greatest ad either i mean could you imagine uh, if he'd been so distracted that he couldn't have filled all of our scholarship spots i mean that would have <laughs> been just you couldn't imagine such a thing 
So, Greg, it feels like you've just passed the torch to Plum to just like really hammer on this. I've I've said my piece on this. Uh, I've just come to grips. You know, it happens so frequently. He loves to misallocate those resources. So, I just whatever well uh, can we also say that not only has he misallocated resources but he's now recruited like eight point guards because he didn't have one one year in the same way that he got into that position because he didn't have anyone who could rebound one year so he spent years recruiting people who could rebound Dwayne, help only- help this man Dwayne, help him right. let's move to e-man center uh plum what is your ideal tailgate food Granted, you have to do all the prep and cooking. I don't know if you guys saw this in the news, this uh, study that's, I don't even know who came up with it. Hot dogs, for every hot dog you eat, you lose three and a half minutes of, of natural life. That's yeah. not possible. My friend uh, sent me a, another article that some you know world famous hot dog eating champion has like lost a year and a half of his life if that study ends up being true. So, <laughs> Joey I, Chestnut? Joey, yes, exactly. Joey Chestnut. Very Joey good. Chestnut. Very Every good. Fourth of July, Joey Chestnut loses another another year. year and a half good of his for life. him. And that's that's only from documented hot dogs, not the practice hot oh, dogs. Oh God! Um, so I'm not going to say hot dog. I'll, can I say hot sausage though? Because I love a hot sausage. Hot sausage. Why did you put a New York accent on? Because it's because it's a hot sausage. What else? Uh, what What are you doing here? Eh? With a little bit of spicy brown on it. Yeah. This is such like bad statistics. Like. <laughs> Oh yeah, yes. for sure, for sure. But someone and definitely got a PhD. Was the New York Post? Yeah, New York Post. Yeah, well, Post. yeah that's probably not untrue. Uh, Greg, also pertaining to last week from Eman Center, the Dairy Store ice cream cookie sandwich is sold in Spartan Stadium. Oh, it used to be Melting Moments. Ah, source: his old professor used to be in charge of supplying them. Yeah. Dear listenership, do not take anything that Michael Jones says about the home football. It wasn't Michael Jones. It was yours. Yeah, truly. it was me. I said it was the dairy store. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. No, Good. no, no. no. It, I need more of a mea culpa than that. I'm Come not going to mea culpa this because I still stand by it. Greg, Greg tried to trample on me it. in the moment. Yeah. I, I, I stand by it. And, and listen, I, listen, 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 everybody listen. I'm, when I get to Spartan, it, to be fair, I, I guess it used to be melting moments, so, and I've not been there for a few years. So it is possible in the last three years that this changed over. But if I get there on 9-11, never forget, and I get a melting moments ice cream sandwich, I'm going to kill both of you at the stadium, physically murder you in front of people. Okay? Well, Blood will be spilled. Is it, do you think it it's possible that Greg has down the stairs different? Um, do you think Greg has special sandwiches where he watches games oh no maybe that's what he means with the people with, with the, the people, people in the stands Other important people. absolutely do not next up for me man center thank you for that thank you for the confirmation uh lastly if you could eat uh oh, I, that's that, that's not it shouldn't be lastly because i misordered his questions but go ahead all right next to lastly uh, <laughs> second to lastly if you could eat only the same food for the rest of your life what would it be hot dogs uh, oh until my heart stops. If, uh, if i can only eat one thing i probably want to end it quicker yeah. than not let's just let's just expedite this whole process uh next up from your man center which power five mascot is winning a battle royal fight to the death I bet the Buckeye can take out at least one mascot. Someone's going to get cocky and eat it and only discover that they have a nut allergy. That's good. I, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be a great way to, to take someone out. 
Uh, we've kind of had this question before. Who, which mascot is the most, you know, ferocious? Uh, well, what's his face? Uh, we we talked about it. Um, now the coach at Mississippi State, uh, Mike Leach. Mike uh, Leach, yes. Yeah, Mike Leach was asked about who would win the Pac-12 fight and got into a whole conversation about who has the firearms, who doesn't. Does the Sun Devil have supernatural powers? And I think that's where you need to start with that question is, does anyone have supernatural powers typically associated with their with their kind? Isn't Mike Lee, it's, it's his own sort of mascot? I mean, wouldn't he be the one? Can't you imagine? Can you can't you envision Mike Leach literally beating a student athlete or just a student in the mascot costume to death at a game? And well, not I mean, he did. He did lock a student athlete in a uh, in an electrical sure booth. Sure, of course, of course. I mean, you I know that uh, at least, but he's never put anyone on a scissor lift. So there, you know, mm. Ryan Kelly, yep. murder. <laughs> you murderer that's one of my all-time favorite uh openings of can't read can't write (laughs) (laughs) something about brian kelly you murderer i couldn't get through that ad copy (laughs) or not ad copy yeah you couldn't you couldn't couldn't do the read uh so i would say um if uh i honestly uh one of those uh revolutionary types who has a musket I mean, a musket's going to blow a hole through you the size of, you know, there it is a window. So, yeah, there you go. Um, Otherwise, it's a buffalo, maybe. I don't know. Broke buffs. It's certainly not a buffalo. They just run around and and wait till everyone else resolves their nonsense. The Stanford tree is a psychopath. Like the Stanford tree would would do whatever it took. No, let's be clear. It's Purdue Pete. (laughs) Oh, my God. With that hammer. You know, I was going to just suggest it would be Purdue Pete because he's so creepy. He's a. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's his speaking eyes. of psychopaths yeah. and he's armed. Yeah. All right. Oh, All right. Center, thank you for the question. Uh, oh, wait. Uh, yep. That's it. All right. Next up, John Hubbard. Uh, how do I get to be one of them fancy listener guests like Plum? Buh. Plumba. Uh, I know things. I can say stuff. I can drink. What's it take? John. What's it take, eh? Uh, we'll get to your misspelling of Plumb in a second, but your reduction of our skills to knowing things, saying stuff and drinking feels offensive. Especially when we've established earlier during the Northwestern preview that we don't know things. And we at least have the integrity to say as much. Yeah. Like really that might be disqualifying for you here, John. Yeah. Plumb. There it is. Plumb. Yeah. Uh, John Humbert, I, I don't know who you think you are, but uh, come to the tailgate and we're going to have words, sir. And, and lay hands. We're going to lay hands. Religious sort of, gently. Religious yeah, sort of gen, gen, very gently. Oh, so gently. Uh, next up from John Hubbard, uh, Plum. Uh, can Jonesy send his address <laughs> to me? I'd like to get him one of those house divided flags with SU <laughs> and Rutgers on it as a football season gift so he can show support to both of his hometown teams. John Hubbard, wait, hold on. John Hubbard, I got to interject. Go ahead. I have to. Go ahead. So, first of all, around here, you see house divided flags, but they're for Rutgers in West Virginia. You really? Yeah, it's a it's a big East thing. It's like a whole thing. And it's hilarious to me. Second, I mentioned this to you guys, but uh, there are some Wolverines who literally moved in down to the end of the block and they have twice sort of uh, bombarded me with a go blue in a drive by shooting sort of way. Um. And I would like to gift them something 
for the season. So they, they both have Michigan plates, so they've moved here from Michigan. So I thought maybe it would be nice to to buy them a like a six pack of Oberon or something, and and a nice note saying you know from one Michigander to another, welcome Madison's great I love it here, but I also want to include what's the saddest alcohol you could drink, and say and I also thought you might need this for the season. Go green, Malort. just tequila or Malort, yeah, but just tequila probably. No, lo, lo, bottom shelf tequila, right? That's that's it, bottom mm. shelf, right? Yeah. All right. There you go. Thank you. Anyway, uh, John, no, you can't have my address, but I did give you a, my town name, so there's that. John Hubbard, if you come to the tailgate on Saturday, I will personally hang that flag right, at at Mike Jones's home, uh, at seven forty two Evergreen Terrace in Madison, New Jersey. Great. <laughs> Next up from the Are You Screw Pod podcast. Uh, oh, this is mean. Uh, will Michigan State have fewer than seven turnovers in this year's opener? So mean. So mean. So mean. Oh, so mean. And, and you know what? I I appreciate your ability to hang your hat on something that happened once yeah, in get, your school's history. Congrats. Yeah. It's, it's school's history in the Big Ten. Let me get rephrase. past it. Are You Screw Pod podcast. Get past it, man. Uh, next Dupe, up, be best. Be best. Uh, next up, Mr. Neurotic Pants. El Azteco is the greatest classic East Lansing business remaining. Can you prove me wrong, Kevin Grek? Oh, Raymond, uh, I have a deep appreciation for you as a listener, but you are very mistaken here. There was a there was an event that took place at El Azteco uh, where the entire, you know, kitchen staff was deported like it got ice raided back in the day no ls teco has never recovered from that the place is a rooftop terrace that you can get a margarita at the food is terrible the only places that qualify for this are the barrel and crunchies that's it that's it I mean, and then like Rick's, you know, and what about the Riv? PTs and the Riv, of course. Those Harpers. We're not. That's not what we're talking about. They would call. I I suspect Harpers. Gross. I suspect that Raymond would call Harpers Dooley's. Yeah. It is. uh, It's Crunchies and it's the Barrel and Crunchies is king. Uh, So there it is. There's my answer. Uh, I've proven you wrong. do you guys have anything else you want to throw in on this? No. Other than I just lost listened to the Salt and Pepper Diner by Jenna Mulaney earlier today. Yesterday. Is that I, the What's New Pussycat? Yeah. Bit? And I'm very interested on whether uh, the Peanut Barrel has What's New Pussycat on their jukebox. Because they might. And I really okay. want to reenact that bit. <laughs> anyway, uh, last up from uh, Mr. Neurotic Pants. Preview of this week's episode. Izzo angrily throws a ball at the trustees. <laughs> Tom goes viral as teens continue to edit him into BTS videos, and Tom starts mistakenly referring to some players as Imani. Imani with an I, <laughs> because he does. He does that. He mispronounces people's Imani. names. Imani. Imani. I think for a while. I don't know. Um, He's a youper. I- I love the BTS angle on all of this. <laughs> I, I do like Tom Izzo saying Imani to to just random people. 
I'm on Cockburn. Cockburn. I can't with that. That one actually, uh, that one hurts uh, the most. Jonesy, Jonesy, next up, Mama Maple Leaf. Hi, Susan. Uh, first, 24-7 sports recruiting analyst, True, and seven more national analysts are predicting that West Bloomfield four-star athlete Tatum will pick Michigan State over the University of Michigan. What do the Garden Glove can't read, can't write crew predict and why? The Garden Glove crew. I love that. I love your shout out to New Jersey, Mama Maple Leaf, Garden Statement. Um, that is a thing that people tweet, by the way. Hashtag Garden Statement. And it's uh, about Rutgers related things. Anyway, uh, it's, it's, this is what it's, we hate. It's sad and pathetic, and I love it. Uh, anyway, um, I don't know. He He's a kid. I tend to believe that when that many people, particularly some folks at 24-7 who are a little bit higher up in the echelon, they're not just covering Michigan State. Like there's a guy who also covers Wisconsin who's entered crystal balls for, for Tatum to, to MSU. Um, that's pretty encouraging. I'm not going to make a prediction on it. I obviously would love his commitment. And I think we would all agree that if Dylan Tatum committed to Michigan state, that's a huge deal. Uh, if, if for no other reason than the university of Michigan hired his high school coach. Yep. I was like, going to say that like last year. <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, if that, if this ends up coming in, we've got to have another talk about Mel Tucker, Mel Tucker as a recruiter. And I've got to have another helping a crow. Uh, so like, cause that would be what I look forward to that. That would be four. Of the f- four of the top ten in the Mich- in the state of Michigan, and, and guys other than you know Antonio Gates Jr. Uh, that really were not expected necessarily to choose MSU. Yeah, even several months ago. So All right. I'm going to just say this, please, listeners. No more questions about recruits. Nothing means anything. Even after they commit, nothing means anything. No. There are no hey, rules. All right, Graham. There Cow, are no rules. Down. Nothing means anything, and loyalty is not lost. So who cares? All right. Who cares? I'm going to throw this. I'm we didn't even talk for a minute. Can we just say really quickly the loyalty thing? I am. I didn't even. We, I know Plum ranted a lot. I'm most annoyed that that he used Michigan State for personal gain. That's the piece that makes me it, a, a recruit flipping whatever. Like Rayshon Benny. Flipped at the eleventh hour last year. Whatever, you know. I wish him well until he's playing us. Imani Bates used Michigan State to get on Sports Center to promote his own school, and that's what makes me angry. Anyway, just want to say that All right. out loud. Don't edit it out. I'm angry at a high schooler. You can say it online. Uh, next up, it's been pretty hot temperature wise lately. Are you an occasional ice chewer, or do you suffer from? Pagophagia, which we had to look up before we started. Did we look it up? Yeah, it's compulsive ice chewing. I'm taking this from context in in, in that way. Uh, I do not chew ice. Uh, it sounds awful. Yeah. It sounds truly awful. Does anyone on this podcast chew ice? Yes, Yali does. I have a sensory aversion to it. Like, there's something about it that I don't care for. I also cold on the teeth. Not great. Yeah. Send Yali outside. Yeah. It's she's not well. No one should chew wise. <laughs> Last up from Mama Maple Leaf. Uh Lansing State Journal's Graham Couch ugh, predicts MSU season win loss as 
Quote, final regular season record, 7-5 and five overall, 5-4 five and four in the Big Ten, end quote. One of those predicted Big Ten losses is to U of M. How do you really feel about the crouch? That's, I think, which does, does not rhyme with Grooch. It's true. It doesn't. And Thank it's also a problem because it's also the name of a player on the team. Well, you guys basically gave your uh, your projections for the season. Jonesy, we didn't give you the opportunity to do want to amend yours now that you're off the Kool-Aid. Um, let me think about this. I think we win at Northwestern. I think we win against Youngstown State. Um, I think that people are overinflating Miami, but it's probably a loss. Um, Nebraska, we beat. That's uh, that's three. That's three right? wins. Um, I think we beat Western Kentucky. Four um, wins. I think we beat uh, Nebraska. Did I already say Rutgers that? Rutgers would be next. Oh, Rutgers, fine. Then who's next? Indiana after that. Loss, we'll call it. Michigan after that. I'm going to call that a toss-up. And you know what? There's no reason to suspect they'll win that game. I'm calling it six on that. Who's next? Uh, Purdue. Oh, that's a win. Seven. Maryland at home. Eight. Eight. What did I tell you? And now Ohio State and Penn State. Fine. Nine wins. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> nine wins. But this is why I'm saying it's absolutely eight. You can be comfortable at eight. No, you can't. You can be optimistic at eight. Nine is insane. Sure, but you know what? I it, it because it, it because this team is uh, there's there's been a lot of competition added to the team. There's some pieces that have been brought in that'll be great for years to come that are not playing this year. And we are a couple injuries away from a giant drop-off in talent level. You hope you avoid that. But 7-5 and five is probably actually a realistic projection. I, but if, if I swear to God, if we have nine wins, you heard it here first. I think a bowl game, though, is the, is the floor. Yeah. Is the so. floor? Yeah. Bowl game is the goal for me. Um, I, I think this team gets to a bowl game at five wins, though, for the record. How do you feel about the crouch? I mean, it's it, a, I took that as an unrelated question. Uh, I, he's a deeply unhappy man. What, what do you want? Yeah, I'm want? starting to feel really bad for the crouch. Yeah. Like, he clearly wants to live in Lansing, but he clearly wants a different job. Yeah. So I don't know how you reconcile yeah. those two things. Exactly. And, and, uh, and I think it's fair to say uh, he's coming at Colton Pouncey in ways that I think are incredibly oh, unfair. Yeah. Yeah. Like strange Colton Pouncey's good at his job is great at his job. And, and Graham couch has little to contribute to the discourse. So um, you heard it here, uh, but either way, seven and five as his projection, I think is reasonable. His projection is a loss at U of M. I didn't read the article, so I'm not going to, I mean, it's a toss up game. Even if we were better than what we are, it's not crazy to suspect that we would lose to U of M, and it's not crazy to suspect we might beat them. So, whatever. Next up, and last up, our protect jerk guy. When, (laughs) Greg, I'm going to send this to you. When will alcohol be sold at Spartan Stadium? Well, I would point out that uh, alcohol is already sold and provided at the building that is adjacent to Spartan Stadium, but technically, I guess, in, in through legal terms, not 
part of Spartan Stadium, which is to say the uh, Huntington the Club. suites and the Huntington Club. Uh, but throughout the rest of the concourse, I'm betting that this happens within the next five years. Do, do you guys? Any, I don't. I don't understand how it's not happening that. this year. Yeah, I mean, it is a revenue opportunity. There's for no rules anymore. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not this year because they want there to be some semblance of rules with the masking, but we'll see. I I actually have heard that it's not necessarily true that it's a huge revenue boom. Uh, there's a lot of infrastructure that goes with it. Eastern has piloted it for several years now, and have, I think still haven't really found that it's a huge increase in revenue. But anyway, yeah. uh, can we add this that I do think there's a compelling argument that selling alcohol inside the stadium decreases binge drinking outside of the stadium. That is an argument that keeps coming up, and it seems to be backed in science as well. There we go. Uh, next up from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy, uh, can you guys convince me to listen through the football season? If this pod hasn't, if this week hasn't done it for you, Upper Deck, then nothing is, okay? Yeah, I think anyone that heard the Northwestern preview, yeah. like I think that, that stands on its own. That's it. I mean, at least we have the integrity to say that anyone who tells you that they know what's going to happen is an idiot. Um, I love this last question because we didn't talk about this uh, on the podcast. But did you guys see the uh, the game day sign? He's coming. Uh, I, in, indeed. Indeed. So the question from the Upper Deck Jerk guy is, is Tuck coming? <laughs> Tuck's coming so hard. We're, we're going to know how hard he came <laughs> very, very soon. Yeah. Friday night. Friday night. All right. Uh, the answer appears to be yes, Upper Deck Jerk guy. Uh, okay. That's it. That's uh, this week's episode of uh, Can't Read, Can't Write. And guys, at long last, we never thought this would happen. It's football season. It's football season. It's football season. Oh, hey, is- real, real quick, for anyone who's still listening to us, um, I sent out a tweet about it. I'll send it out again. But if you want to slide into our DMs at Spartan underscore pod or email us at Can't Read, Can't Write 1855 to let us know at gmail.com to let us know if you would be interested in tailgating with us at the Youngstown state game on September 11th, we would be thrilled to meet any of you who want to come. So again, slide into the DMS at Spartners who pod on Twitter or emails at can't read, can't write 1855 at gmail.com. We just need to know how many name tags to bring, you know, name tags and hot dogs. Kegs. And there's, and there's going to be an icebreaker. I'm working on that Ooh. as well. It's going to be a, a great Ooh. time. Yeah. A great time and we've already gotten some rsvps right yes headcount we've got some headcount and indeed the person who's most excited about meeting people unsurprisingly is kevin greck so uh gentlemen (laughs) we will have a game to talk about when we record next week and i cannot wait with that an enthusiastic go green go white go white you guys bye